Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And welcome, esteemed guests, listeners, audience members. Feel free to take a seat. Um, I hope you're ready for what I'm going to consider the time of your life. This is might be the best hour to 90 minutes of your life. I know a significant number of our audience members are just like at work every day being like, I just wish it was Wednesday. I'm waiting for this to come out. And this episode is going to highlight your week, guaranteed. And you're going to be left through withdrawal waiting for the next hit. And I know you're thinking, wow, they must have a very special episode planned. No, not really. It's just regular episode. I have to walk into this with so much confidence in order to give myself the energy to entertain you for the next 60 to 90 minutes. Now, is the episode special in the sense that we're in a month where we watch two movies a week, and sometimes that puts more strain on our schedule than one might think it would, but that is a hurdle that we are overcoming together (laughs) as a family. That is what we would say is a us problem, not a you problem. And... Just to kind of keep things simple, let's move on to the movie segment now, why don't we? So, here's the thing for this month. We're doing micro-themes. Themes that are so niche or stupid that we cannot, for the life of us, dedicate an entire month to it. So, we're just going to do one week, we analyze two movies that fit in this micro-theme, and then we move on. This week, we're talking about movies that very clearly wanted to start franchises, but were not good enough or popular enough to warrant said franchise. Kind of hard to put that on an episode title. Uh, Movies with canceled sequels, Um, usually because the movies bombed and the studio couldn't risk more money. But again, super niche. And we picked Ender's Game and the live action The Last Airbender. Which I learned today was not called Avatar The Last Airbender. It was just The Last Airbender. And I learned why because, you know, the James Cameron Avatar came out in, what, 2007? So, Yeah, and kind of set a few records. So, it would really uh, tank that movie's SEO to have Avatar in the title. Which I get, but... We're going to go full spoilers for these movies because we always do that whenever we talk about more than one movie. Hey, don't worry about spoilers. Hey, it's not going to ruin your experience (laughs) of the movie if you go back and watch these movies. If you want to skip this segment altogether and move on to the next one, you can go to this time code right here. Time code, 42 minutes, 26 seconds. Now, here's the thing. We've been doing this a while, and and I'm very aware of the energy that I put into the universe. And specifically when it comes to media consumption, I don't like to be overtly mean. I don't want to be unnecessarily aggressive or negative because people like the movies that they like. And I also don't want to like disparage the people that worked on a movie that maybe didn't have creative control and they were just, you know, a set hand or something. I don't want to disparage their jobs. However, these two movies have made that uh, life goal, very difficult. I think it's very hard to like movies where the whole purpose is these movies were so bad, they canceled the sequels. Like, they were made to start franchises. So if you're going to go and be like, you know, that movie wasn't that bad, it's going to be that movie wasn't that bad, not that movie was good. It was uh, 
eh, could have been better, but I would have liked to see if they would have made the sequel better. So if you like either of these movies, I don't respect you less as a person. I'm going to be like, you have some weird opinions, but you do you, boo. Um, that being said, let's talk about Ender's Game first. Right. Um, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. And to a 14-year-old, it's a sci-fi movie. It's a pretty well-made sci-fi movie with pretty cool sci-fi effects. And, and the, it's got kids in it and, who you can relate with. So I remember seeing this movie and being like, it didn't leave a big impression on me, but I liked it. And then I rewatched it today. And I'm like, huh, this movie's kind of boring and it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, dude, I remember watching this movie the first time. And then I'm like, hey, is that Rico from Hannah Montana? Yes. <laughs> it took me out of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this is the first instance. This was my first instance of recognizing an actor from a different project, not knowing they were in this movie. Right. Um, I have so much to say about this movie. I tried, I remember like this movie didn't leave a big impression. And so earlier this year, I'm like, I want to try reading the book. I remember the concept being interesting enough. So I listened to the audiobook. I made it 45 minutes and I'm like, never Oof. mind. Never mind. I tried. Um, Dude, this also, this movie was made. Like 30 or 40 years after the book came out. Yeah, this book had a legacy. And like I said, this is a this is a franchise, a series, Ender's Game, right? That's why they wanted to make a franchise of movies, because there was a lot of source material. Um and, and the story goes like this. It's pretty it's a pretty simple plot. <clears throat> Humanity was invaded once. They were unprepared and got smoke checked. So to prepare for the next invasion, they started training the kids on essentially video games. That's like, hey, if you do well on these video games, you basically get transferred into the military program. And most of the movie is the main character, Ender, going through training to be part of the military. Right. Like 90 to 95% of the movie is training. And you get that vibe. Hey, I'm going to say 100% of this movie is training because yeah, he, probably because there's one sequence that's not training, except he thought it was training. <laughs> so, but there is a sequence where they go home. There's two sequences where they go home to talk to his parents. Okay. So we're just not training. So just two scenes. <laughs> so there's, so there's physical training and emotional delegation. Those are the two kinds of scenes you get in this movie. Oh, dude. And and here's why I didn't like... The, the reason why I knew this movie was not going to sit very well is this movie did a lot of telling and not showing. And The Last Airbender is guilty of this too, but we're not talking about The Last Airbender yet. Where <laughs> there's like lots of things where it's like they're very clearly trying to shoehorn things from the book just to name drop stuff. And the thing that made me think about this is in the opening scenes when Ender is at home, his brother comes home and he takes the mask of the species that invaded last time, throws it at Ender, is like, hey, do you want to play a game of Formix and Astronauts? And then he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then the brother just starts choking Ender. There's no game involved. <laughs> the brother just starts choking him. And there's... 
no substance behind what he just said. I'm like, what purpose was this supposed to supposed to serve? Nothing, I guess. Yeah, dude. I'm gonna just go ahead and I mean, I don't remember that scene. Like straight up. Like I, I said, I told Alex this. I took notes on these movies. I haven't taken notes on movies in a long time. I have lots of specific scenes I would like to talk about. I remember when I watched this movie for the first time, when it ended, I was like, wait, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> wait, this is over? Because I think I've been trained that like there's going to be a training montage and then there's going to be like the real thing. This entire movie is a montage. Because the movie ends with Ender flying into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. um, other scenes that, other micro details. This is me nitpicking. Um, Ender got bullied about his name by a kid named Bean. <laughs> and, then, and then Ender's like, why are you named Bean? And he goes, grew up on the streets, not worth a bean. That's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like- I thought that was going to be a lot more racist than wasn't worth a bean. When that happened, I'm like, man, this guy could have been called anything. This guy could have been called rice, dirt, leaf. This guy, (laughs) the opportunities were endless. And he got stuck with bean. And and the movie didn't know how to characterize Ender, just in general, because... They very clearly wanted him to be, this, is, this isn't what they were going for, but this is how I'm going to describe it. A very kind of like Sheldon Cooper type, like very smart, quiet, not sociable, like yeah. probably on the spectrum type character. But then they did things that were so out of character, even though I've been watching this movie for 10 minutes and I know this is out of character for Ender. Like, when he's beating the crap out of the bully, and then he says the line, just remember what I do to people who try to hurt me. Right. That, I, what? (laughs) Where is this coming from, Ender? Oh, man, this guy, um, it's, I think it's impressive that he comes off so awkward. And, like, I don't want to be friends with this kid. Like, at the end, I mean, in every movie, that kid kid who's hard to be around there's supposed to be re- like redeemable qualities. Like he becomes a leader, right? At the end, I'm like, ah, oh, this guy's still weird, bro. And I wouldn't want him to be in charge of me. Yeah. I also did not love the acting in this movie. The only one. No, no one. I was going to, I was going to say maybe Harrison <laughs> Ford, but the answer is no one. Uh, did not like Ender's actor. Did not like Harrison Ford. Did not like Viola Davis. Ben Kingsley. This is the movie that made me realize I don't like Ben Kingsley as an actor. <laughs> so, dude, Ben Kingsley. So he has Maori tattoos um, in this movie, and I'm like, this guy's supposed to be Polynesian. Like, what? Hasn't this guy already? Isn't he like played Dad? Gandhi as well? <laughs> and isn't he the Mandarin? Yeah. In Iron Man. Yeah. I'm like, also, isn't he white? i'm like how many different races can this guy be god this is wild and just like ben kingsley had like no like symmetry is the wrong word he had no consistency in vocal tone like every time he talked to ender he brought a different energy with it and every time it was confusing for me and every time it was the wrong energy I, i was so confused on what was supposed to be happening. 
because his tone was off and what he said, he was like, I'm your enemy all the time. Even when you're, I'm not your enemy, I'm your enemy. And then the next scene, he's offering him advice. And I'm like, wait a second. Are you sabotaging him? Like, I thought you're the enemy. It was confusing, bro. Um. Also, that opening shot where, you know, the character that Ben Kingsley plays, like, he goes up into the enemy ship and, like, explodes the ship. I think they reuse that specific shot, I think, in four separate points throughout the movie. And it got... Oh, 100%. It's the same video over and over again. And it just became fun kind of pointing out, like, oh, there's that shot again. Oh, there's that shot again. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Hold on. Found the one. I remembered the one. Uh, Haley Steinfeld. She gets a pass in this movie. You're doing great, kid. I think I am likely to give kids a pass because they're. it's when kids come off as dumb, but I'm like, eh, but kids are dumb. You yeah. know what I mean? And Moises, Moises Arias is okay in this movie. I think he was trying too hard. Yeah. He gave off very big trying too hard energy. And it, it it did feel a little weird. Um, I want to say right. I want to say there are some cool things about this movie. I think, with some exceptions, the special effects hold up okay. Like when they do yeah. the when they do the space fights, it's cool. When they do the zero grav fights, the zero grav fights are really cool concepts, and I think they have some really cool moments. Like when they um. When they lasso that kid around the wall and let him get shot up a bunch so he can see their formation, that was a pretty cool tactic and that was a cool like segment. And, and so I want to like give credit where credit's due. Some of these scenes were cool and nice to watch. It's just that as but my soon- thing is like I find strategy boring. You Interesting. Know what I want? It, I- it, it it felt like at a certain point watching these guys play. A, this is the whole movie. It's called Ender's Game. Watching these guys play a game, especially this one, which we see like two or three times. I'm like, I'm just, I'm watching a game that I just got introduced to. So like, I wasn't interested in the strategy and how they did it. And I'm like, I mean, I might've thought of that, but you just introduced it. I didn't know. It's hard to tell when something's good or bad. I couldn't tell if like their enemies were actually like putting up a fight or not. I don't know much about the sport. It was just weird. And I did I, I like, was not a fan. and I liked the concept of the game and I do like the strategy. I think maybe, I don't know. Cause if you, if you see the game too many times, then you kind of get sick of the game. And I think, yeah. and I think this movie gave us the game as many times as it could have. Like it might've stretched the line a little bit, but one more time would have completely broken it without making the movie yeah. just completely about the game. Yeah, dude, it felt I think the people who've nailed it is Quidditch and Harry Potter. Like, give me one game or two games in an entire movie. But they also had seven sequences. They had like seven times to revisit it. But right. like, I would be upset if every sequel to Ender's Game had this game in it. <laughs> no, it wouldn't make sense for where this movie ends up. But I would be pissed. <laughs> yeah, and. I don't, so again, this movie doesn't know what it wants Ender's characterization to be because at no point in this movie do we get the impression that Ender wants to save the alien species or wants to preserve the alien species. So I understand him getting upset because he unknowingly committed genocide. That's a natural emotion, sympathetic or not. That's valid. But then him right. like finding the queen, taking the baby, and then, you know, doing the <laughs> giver, 
with that baby. Like, that's nothing. I don't know what's happening there. Um, I was also like, the entire movie has been about you advancing through training. Not like what you would do with said training. You know what I mean? Yeah. And be, it, the movie was about a boot camp, not the missions you go on um, afterwards. So it felt weird when you find out he's been Ender's gamed. And um, now he has a totally different personality. Yeah. Viola Davis didn't need to be in this movie. Not her as an actress. Up, dude. Her character. Dude, this could was... have been a hologram. She was so insignificant. Yeah. And I'm going to say that's not her fault. She was just, her character was just, every time Harrison Ford's character was like, I need to push Ender harder. Viola Davis is like, what if we don't push Ender harder? And then they push Ender harder anyway. Yeah. Her character, her character exists. So they had someone to steamroll and yeah. ignore. It was, it was and that to, could have been anybody. It was to give Harrison Ford another adult to talk to. <laughs> um, Dude, also, there's a line where Harrison Ford is like, we used to train him at like 14. I'm like, wait, this is before 14? Were they 11? Oh, yeah. So Harrison Ford's character, his name is Graft. And I definitely, and I wrote the note. Graft is definitely trying to groom Ender. Like this guy's like we're going a, earlier and earlier. There is a vibe to Graft that I think goes a little bit further than military training. It definitely feels like Ender is he's a elite performer, but he's also new. And there's like phases and like graduating classes above him. But all we hear about is this guy talking about Ender. Yeah. I'm like, come on, dude. And this is getting weird. Ender pretty much valedictorians the entire military training program in a month. Yeah, it's weird. Also, this movie does a very bad time of time passing. Yeah. I had no idea if they were there for weeks, months. So the only uh, reason no I idea. say the only reason I say that Ender was there for a month is because there was a sequence, and I don't blame you for forgetting this, where Harrison Ford and Viola Davis are like at a computer and they see that the alien species is like about to approach Earth's defense systems. And it says that that it's like 28 days until they approach the system. So I'm like, oh, then they so when they do that final destruction sequence, that final quote unquote training sequence, at least a month had gone past since then. So I know that that was a month. What happened before that? Who knows? There's just Um, this freaking movie, bro. So there's this also just kind of, I think one of the scenes that best kind of encapsulates how empty the energy is in this movie is when Ender kind of first starts the real training program. Um, Haley Steinfeld's character takes him to like, to like a gun range or something and teaches him how to shoot. But there's like zero emotional or physical feedback from that scene where you can just tell it's two actors on a soundstage pretending to pull the trigger on a fake gun. And like, I don't know, that scene specifically was like, there was nothing for them to react to and they weren't reacting because there was nothing there. So I think that scene, it kinda, was, it was rough, bro. Yeah. It I also didn't like that scene because it was one of those scenes where, Oh, I'm bad at this. Have you tried this? Suddenly I'm the best at this. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? Now he can't miss? Yes. Yeah. Um, the last big thing that I wanted to talk about, this isn't even a big thing. This is just something I wrote down, is a, kind of another example of things being miscast here or miscast here is 
I don't want to say that the guy who played, I think his name is uh, like Commander Gap, like their direct CO for the kids. Right. Um, oh, the Sergeant. Yes. Sergeant Dap. Uh, yeah. He, I, I don't want to say he was a bad actor. It's just that was not the role for him. And I think that role sucks. Yes. And that um, role sucks because you go from training them to once they get promoted, they're officers and he's saluting them. I'm yes. like, well, this is dumb. And that's what I wanted to talk about is there's a very specific line where Gap goes to where like he's disciplining Ender and he's like, like you're like you're a maggot. You're nothing. You will never exceed in this program. You were never going to be anything. I am never going to salute you. Fifteen minutes later, Gap is saluting Ender, and Ender has done. Let me check so my dumb, notes. Bro. Nothing to earn that salute. So it, it felt Dude, it like was so dumb. I was over it. I hate. I hated it, and I felt like that actor was screwed because they they picked an intimidating dude to play the role because he was in charge of training, so he needed to be intimidating. And then they completely negate all of all of his authority by having him salute literal 12 year olds. So, yeah, this movie's a training montage. There are cool moments, but it really like it, it, it dissects to just that is they are moments. Yeah, bro. Um, I'm really sad I had to watch this again. I remember the first <laughs> time being like, oh, I don't know if I like that movie because it ends abruptly. Abruptly. Yes. And if you haven't read the book, then the last 10 minutes don't even make sense. You're like, well, what is he doing? So he's going to go out and talk to the queen. Like, it felt weird. Have you read the I book? I didn't like it. No. Okay. Oh, I did. But this was like 15 years ago. Oh. Oh, and I never, I've never read the second or, I didn't read the series. I only read the first one. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. And I only read the book because it was required reading in like seventh grade. Oh. Okay. Um. So it was just like, I'm, a lot of it went over my head. It was, I wasn't a fan. Um, and now I had to watch it again and I'm not a fan. I yeah. I, I'm glad I rewatched it because I definitely wanted to watch this with an adult brain and be like, was this movie actually good or was I 13? Uh, I was 13. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think who say your thing, you do yours first. I think we're going to, I'm giving it and I wrote this down the second I finished watching it. So I wouldn't change it or make it worse or make it better. I gave it a four, seven, five. Okay, good. Yeah, I, mine's a flat five. Mine's a flat five. Um, this this movie isn't a waste of time. It's just not a but good use close. of time. <laughs> it's one of those like, it's a, such a cool concept. And I've heard people using Ender's Game as a verb. Yeah. Um, before, we're like, uh, I was on Reddit, obviously. And there was a dad who's like, I just found out my son is very good at like stock market. He's been taking an economics class and he has like made like millions and millions of dollars of fake money. Would it be wise for him to have my 401k and I just Ender's Game him? And I'm like, oh, I know what that means. I know what that means to Ender's Game him. Yeah. Um, um, also, the author of the original book, incredibly homophobic and up to the release of this movie, still petitioned against, you know, same-sex marriage. So, you know what? I have no problem thumbsing down this movie and the source yeah. material. So, such is life. Um, Avatar, right. The Last Airbender. Not not Avatar, The Last yes. Airbender. Just The Last Airbender. The Last Airbender, based off of the animated series, Avatar, The Last Airbender. <laughs> um, uh, huh. This movie is... Huh, what to say about this movie? Where do we even I want to say something. I've realized something about myself watching this movie. Yeah? Okay, so do you know how so many people are upset about the new 
um, Little Mermaid being black and stuff. Yeah. I kind of caught myself being a little racist during this movie. I'm like, what the heck, dude? Everyone's white. And I realized <laughs> it's not real. doesn't matter. <laughs> I, doesn't will matter. Say, no. I, I will say <laughs> there are some moments where the whiteness is distracting. Katara's <laughs> entire character. I'm like, hey, your entire tribe is supposed to be like Inuit Native American. Like... Yeah, it's pretty much supposed this, to be, the f- your character is supposed to be either Native American or, like, Filipino. You're neither. Right. Yeah, you can be, like, just Islander of some kind. You're just white, and so is Soka. Oh, that's another thing, bro. <laughs> yep, yep. We're, we're <laughs> a great way. Everyone's name. Everyone's name. Because here's the thing. Aang... Ang, I they pronounce instead of Ang with a long A, it's a short A. It's Ang, and that yeah. is a that minor, was annoying the entire movie for me. It, I'm not gonna it, lie. For me, I I agree. If they were consistent with the Ang, I would have gotten over it. It's the fact that sometimes they got a little lazy with it, and they and they just made it like a U sound, and there's like Ang. Ung, where are you? Yeah. That that's what's got annoying. And then that on top of Soka. Sorry, gang. And I'm and I want to say this movie is a bad adaptation of the series Avatar: The Last Airbender. But above that, which is world-renowned, great movie or great show on Nickelodeon, great show. But on top of that, it's also just a bad movie. Yes. Yes, it is. Because, because you know, we're we're nitpicking about adaptation stuff, right? Name mispronunciations, you know, character, race, stuff like that. That's adaptation problems. On top of that, right. this movie is bad. Um, I I've said this before, where I would be a bad Academy judge because specifically for certain categories, like I don't know how to determine best editing. Because I only notice editing when it's bad. Hey, guess what? I noticed it. Noticed it big time. (laughs) There are continuity errors out the wazoo. Just like where characters are standing. Who they're standing next to. Where the camera is on their face. Changes wildly from shot to shot in any given scene. It It was so bad that I didn't chalk it up to bad editing. I just thought... Oh, there must be time passing between these shots. And like we might be in conversation right now, and then we're gonna be in another place when you finish this sentence. And I'm just supposed to assume, I guess, that time has passed because there's no way this exact same sentence is happening. And I, I just never assumed it was bad editing. I'm just like, oh, I must. This movie just might be bad at explaining things. And there are definitely scenes where I'm like, this is bad editing. Like, and I, and I noticed it like right at the beginning because the sequence where uh, Katara takes Sokka's boomerang to bash Aang out of the ice, that whole yep. sequence takes like four seconds to do when it should take more than that. And, and it was just super choppy that. And there's also a conversation, like, when they save that small Earth village from the Fire Nation, the, 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 yep. ca- the camera is, like, right up on their faces. Like, you can't even see their foreheads because they're, like, right up on their faces. And those cuts are awful. Um, and then, so here's another thing. It's both a problem of it being a bad adaptation and then also it leads into it being a bad movie. This movie takes 
22 episodes of television and shoves it into 90 minutes. And because of that, it is so much telling and so very little showing that, like, it's the only way to get, you know, like six hours of content into 90 minutes is you cut stuff. It it was, and that's, yeah, and that hurts a lot of the movie because the relationships don't make sense. There are people crying, like, when someone gets injured. I'm like, you met this person a week ago. And and I think. But in the show. It was like over the course of episodes. And I think a really good signifier of this, the best example that I have is there's a single line that they say where they say ever since the Fire Nation took over, they've banned all other forms of bending other than fire bending. They say it once. And then like 30 minutes later, they rescue that earth village. And then there's this moment of triumph. It's supposed to be a moment of triumph for the earth village because they use their earth bending to help stop the firebenders. And there's this, mo- the movie tries to create this moment of like revolutionary um, self profoundness, self discovery. But we as an audience member don't genuinely feel that because we don't understand the oppression that the fire nation has given these people. Yeah, the the Fire Nation comes off as bad guys, not like a master race enslaving people. Yes. And there there's more than one sequence that is straight up erased and replaced with Katara giving us a that's what you missed on Glee transitioning yeah. us into the next scene. Dude, um the fact that Aang became an amazing waterbender in five minutes it's crazy and then and, and <laughs> the best part about it is all of because in the show katara does become ang's teacher but not until a very difficult confrontation with the northern water tribe and in this movie basically all katara does is change the flick of the wrist and then he's good at water bending. yeah also katara in this movie minor character minor character not even a love <laughs> yeah. interest yeah she's just like all round bro she's a groupie for the avatar um also uh Sokka or soka whatever uh doesn't have a funny line in this place nope also played by the same guy that plays jasper in twilight <laughs> i okay so i saw this movie in theaters yeah um i had girls in my group who saw this movie because he was Jasper. Jasper That's crazy because they're like, Oh, Jasper's going to be in this movie. I'm like, Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) Because he doesn't look like Jasper and he doesn't act like Jasper. Well, he acts like Jasper in the sense that he's way too serious and pretty much a (laughs) douchebag, but like, that's it. (laughs) Um, good thing about this movie. The bending was pretty sweet. Yeah. Watching live action bending. Is okay. So for those of you who don't know, which means you're adults for, for the adults in the room, bending is when you can like, um, use the elements, manipulate the elements around them and manipulate. Yeah. So like the airbenders, a lot of them can use the air to like fly. They send wind like aggressively at people. They're really, most of them are monks. Yeah. They use it as like like acrobatic enhancements. Right. Um, the water tribe, they're literally just like. They can freeze you. They can levitate the water. They're hitting you with waves. Fire. There has to be fire around, but they're like shooting fireballs at people. Earthbenders are like floating the earth. It was wild, bro. It was so cool. 
uh, watching it live action when you're used to watching it with animation. Yeah, and and it is cool. And the CG with the bending is not bad. There are moments right. where it's a little shaky. Like, it's shaky in the sense that the actors very clearly did not know how the bending exactly was going to result. And you can see the disconnect between the actors performing it and what is generated on the computer. Those are right. That is very obvious, but like the effects themselves are fine. And like you said, it, it satisfies that like inner child of, I watched this as an animated show and seeing a kid do this looks cool. However, yeah. Momo and Appa, terrifying. Oh my God. Yeah, straight up. Whoa. That, I understand why the animated guys saw those and were scared. Because I saw Appa and I'm like, oh, Appa's a flying bison, by the way. Yeah. And, um, you see his face and I'm like, oh, that's terrifying. And what's more that's terrifying, so scary. What's more terrifying than Appa's face are his feet. Because his feet are like little dangly. They're like, they're like almost like they're nothing. They're scrawny. Um, so the fire, uh, nation didn't seem very scary. No. Aang escaped three minutes and no one got hurt. Yeah. So that was off putting. Also, um, isn't book one where they meet, um, Toph? blind no. earthbender. Toph is book, okay, that's two. book two. She is book two. Okay. So, right. Um, um, another couple things. Um, the spirit world is insignificant in this movie until like the fish dies. They bring it up in the very beginning. It's in the opening narration. So you're like, cool, gonna learn about the spirit world. And then, like you said, a fish dies, and that's about as important as it gets. A fish dies, yeah. and then a girl <laughs> dies to replace the fish. Yeah. And when the girl dies, a lot of people, like, if you didn't know why she died, like, if you didn't watch the episodes on Nickelodeon, you're like, well, that's weird. Now that, that feels a little unnecessary. There's obviously a connection here. That was barely mentioned in the movie. And I'm supposed to understand it. And then obviously Sokka's over here losing his mind over a girlfriend who he's been protecting for an undetermined amount of time. And apparently if they formed a relationship, but that doesn't make sense because it comes out of nowhere. It feels weird, bro. Has anyone had such an intense career high to career low as Dev Patel? Because he back-to-backed Slumdog Millionaire with this movie. Crazy, bro. <laughs> Crazy. And um, I, dude, I know maybe M. Uh, Night Shyamalan might also be on the running for the exact same reason. <laughs> um, I mean, I just I don't want to make this conversation all about casting. But it was off-putting when you know what to expect. If you didn't know what to expect, this movie was just a movie. If you knew what to expect, it was jarring in multiple situations. Yes, because in this movie, like you said, if you didn't know what to expect, this is just a bad movie. But if you do know what to expect, this movie's offensive. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, isn't Uncle Iroh supposed to be like fat and bald? That guy's like good looking, bro. And, <laughs> and again, pretty young. If we take this past <laughs> casting, like the character wasn't there. Like Uncle Iroh was this, like, very calming, peace-driven, tea-loving character that, like... like he, he's a hippie, bro. He references tea once in this movie, and we get no idea that he's, like, supposed to be a peacekeeper. 
until the fish dies. No, he's just and he's like talking right. to Katara for a second. Yeah, he's just wise in this movie. He's just the wise uncle. It was I don't know, dude. It was just like drawing. Oh, my but, like favorite, as a what's my, up? My favorite part of telling not showing is when Zuko and Iroh are in a bar and he pulls a oh kid aside. Oh my gosh, and the kid comes up. <laughs> hey, aren't you the guy? <laughs> No, and Zuko's Who like lost the fire battle with his dad. And Zuko's like, and, this is what happened because Zuko pulls the kid aside and he goes, "Tell me oh what you know gosh. about the Prince of the Fire Lord." And then they <laughs> ping pong Prince Zuko's backstory. It, it's oh awful. Oh my gosh, it was so bad, bro. <laughs> it was so bad. And I do want to say to say a positive thing about casting. I bet. If given a better script, this kid could have done a would have done a good job. I think that this kid had a very Ang like energy about him. Oh, and the voice was identical. So I want to I want to give some positive casting because I think that Noah Ringer and Dev Patel both could have done a much better job in this movie if they had better scripts. They just didn't. So I want to I want to give some positive feedback their way. The crumbs are there. It's just the bread isn't. Yeah. Um. I can't recommend this movie to people who watch the show. And I can't like recommend this movie is... to people who didn't. Right. So this movie is going unrecommended <laughs> to anybody. Like this is a three out of ten. I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look at our actual rating system because that seems really low. And I can tell you that the last three out of ten you did was a minute ago. I'm I'm no, trying to find it. Well, so I, I Child's Play, I think I did like a four or a three and a half. Bridges of Madison County, you gave a two and a half. Yes, because I said technically this movie works and that's it. <laughs> and so the reason why The Last Airbender is a three out of ten is because there the the good parts about this movie are the visual effects of the of the bending and Dev Patel and Noah Riggins or Noah Ringer have inklings of good acting in there. Everything else, nonsense. Bad editing, bad writing, bad pacing, uh, also bad Also, acting. the movie's boring. Yeah. Until the last battle, the movie's boring. I s- watched the first hour one day. I watched the next 20 or 30 minutes another day. And then on the last day, I finished the movie with another 20 minutes. No, this, like, mo- this movie's just, only an hour 45. So. Yeah. So hour 25, 20, bro. Because I just like the last battle is the most exciting part. But the whole part, like the avatar starts like running around. And then like he does a crazy bending move at the end. It just felt weird. Um, I can't give it a three. Um, I'll do it again. Watch I'll this. Give it, it's a three out of ten. <laughs> uh, I'll give it. I mean, I don't know if it was worse than. I don't think it was worse than Ender, bro. It was a bad movie. Ah, dude, I don't know. It might be worse than Ender. The thing is, like, I would watch this again before I'd watch Ender because I know what it's based off of. You know what I mean? Sure. So I can read I can read between the lines when the audience can't. Ender sucks, but it's a better standalone movie, even though it's not supposed to, neither one of these is supposed to be standalone movies. Oh god. Oh here's the thing. Oh. I gave Redline a four point seven five. Is this movie better or worse? I'm just gonna I'm gonna call it a wash. This movie is also 4.75. Okay, sure. You uh, give it a three. Yeah, bro. dude, I stay, I'll i do it a third time. Watch this. It's a three out of ten. 
<laughs> Dude, a three out of ten is like borderline offensive. Yeah, this movie's not good. <laughs> um, I just like it's crazy, and also this movie, I understand it had the justification to because it was basing itself on a very popular IP, but calling the shot and putting book one in the opening title of this movie, ballsy, dude, ballsy. ballsy. Ooh. Listen, the only people that can do that is Nickelodeon, and they're the ones who made this movie. Yeah. And, and Nickelodeon said, hey, you know what? We're making our own movie, live action, and it bombs so hard. I don't know if they've done it again. And Okay. So here's what I'm going to say. So there's a new, you know, Netflix is doing another adaptation of The Last Airbender, um, and I think they want to remake the series as a series and then create multiple movies within the world of avatar and that's the way to do it because watching this movie i realized i don't want to watch the last because the only way to tell the story of the last airbender is in multiple installments so if you're gonna do movies they have to be it has to be like five movies in order to make it like good um and guess what there's so many fans of this show it doesn't matter it, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Like there are Marvel movies where I'm like, this is clearly a movie just for building. Yes. But what I learned from watching this movie is I don't want to watch five movies that tell the story of the TV show because at that point I'll just watch the TV show. So if you want to remake the TV show, I'll watch that and the extra movies you do in the universe. So I, um, yeah. In the remakes, is it live action? Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, four seven five for me. So two movies, four seven fives for me. I would not recommend these movies to here's the problem. You know what? <clears throat> I'm gonna say these are four seven fives, but know that that's as high as they can go. I wanna go lower. These movies are not good. Do not watch these movies. You are going to be upset. I want to stress that. That is very important. Lean more towards Craig's scores with these movies. <laughs> I might have scored this wrong. The, these movies are not good. There's a reason they canceled however much they had budgeted for sequels based on these movies. Just believe us. We know what we're talking about. Let's move on to our improv segment. Alex, what are we doing? We're doing one we haven't done in a minute, bro. We haven't done this since Jackie July. It is called Isolated Incidents. Now, Isolated Incidents came about when um, usually we have a super laid out um, scenario and then just basic characters. So isolated incidents works like this. We break down the other person's character in detail. We're talking five characteristics about them. What do they look like? What's their personality type? Do they have an accent? Are they currently hungry? Are they intoxicated? Are they high? Are they angry? Are they sad? Did they just wake up? We want details about them. And then my character and Craig's character just meet. And that's the only thing that is specified. So super in-depth characters, and we'll see what ensues. Okay, so the trouble that we ran into last time was the 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 isolation part, right? The scene still ended up being a scene. So I think uh, we need like a generic backdrop that we accept, okay? So let's come up with a – do you want to come up with a generic background before or after the characters? Um, gen- let's do it afterwards. Okay, cool. All right, Craig, I think you should be playing – a uh, a teenager, like oh, I need to write in the down. middle of angst, like you barely talk to your parents. You're starting to call them by their first names. Like you're just like, don't care. 
Um, you are obsessed, obsessed with My Chemical Romance. Um, okay. And you are the only one in your class who listens to them. And you're from and currently live in West Virginia. And above all that, you're really, really tired. Was this all one character trait? Yeah. That's are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> That's isolated okay. incidents, bro. Super in-depth characters. Okay. Um, I'm going to say you play a character that is like super addicted to mobile games. Like all of them, you know, you got your basics, your candy crushes, uh, you got your retro stuff, the doodle jumps, you got the new stuff like you, you got it all. You, you, that is your thing. People okay. are worried about you. Sweet. Um, and I think that's kind of, that's where I'm going to leave that. That's where I'm going to leave that. Craig, that's not how this works. I need to have a super in-depth character. I need, I need background. I need another story. Okay. What else am I supposed to add with that? I'll add more later. Trust me. All right. Sure. That's fine. Um, all right. General thing. Do you... Oh, here's what I think we should do. I'm arrested. I'm currently in the back of a squad car. And the cop sees you on the side of the road and arrests you and puts you back there with me. Okay, hold on. We're doing this completely differently than we did last time. Craig, because... I listened to the podcast. I know what this is about. But Unless we, we change the rules after time... I just explain them. That's totally possible. Yeah, because we bounced back and forth between giving each other character traits. So when I asked you, was this all one character trait? It's because last time we bounced back and forth and came um, up with five things back uh, and forth. I want... Nah. So that's I mean, why I could... didn't give you more in-depth stuff, because I thought you I were... I was going to give you one. You were going to give me one. I was going to give you one. Yeah. Yeah, that's I guess. That's the confusion lied. Okay. Okay. No worries. Send me some more stuff, though. Okay. I need to go... Because I, I for already forgot what I told you to do. So I'm going to be surprised. It's all right. I remember. Okay. Um, I'm also going to say that you, you, um, you're you also incredibly vain. Sure. Like uh, you think that uh, you have the best looks, the best attitude, the best hobbies. You know, you like you are a narcissist just straight up. Dope. Love it. Easy to do. Um, all of your family like keeps you at arm's length like they'll still hang out with you and they uh still interact with you but you do not know nearly as much about their lives as other people know about their families okay and does this make this two more things um you can't hold down a job you've been you know bouncing from place to place okay mostly it's for uh What's that word for not following authority? Insubordination. Insubordination. And the last thing is you have a boot knife that you keep in case of emergencies. Man, this is a solid character, bro. I feel like I can really dive into this role. (laughs) Sure. Okay, so give me the scene one more time. Okay. I've already been arrested. The cop's on my way, taking me to the station. I'm in the back of the squad car. Pulls over sees you doing some shenanigans and throws you back there with me. And we're both going to the station. Okay, sure. Ow! Uh, God, what? Watch the hair next time. God. Hey, first of all, hair's not as nice as mine. And as you can probably tell, I'm doing more important things. You know what this is? This is original Flappy Bird. I never deleted it. Why are they letting you play on your phone? You're not even in handcuffs, man. 
Well, hey, man, they, listen, I asked for an escort back to my house. They said, where do you live? I said, I can't remember. They said, hey, why can't you remember? And I said, hey, I've been drinking. Apparently, that's a problem to do in public. So they said something about a drunk tank. And obviously, you got to keep your phone. It's not like they confiscate it from you. So like I said, high score, Flappy Bird, limited edition, stop talking to me. Dude, is that is that an iPod but with the thick charger, you still have like it's an you still iPhone have one of those four. Okay, first of all, this has cell service. It's not a freaking iPod, and also, um, I don't know if you know this, but there was there was some judgment in your tone, and I don't respell uh, respond well to that at all. Like you're not the boss of me, and you can't judge me. I'm better than you. It works the other way. So how about you face that direction and let me go for my high score. You're messing me up. God, this is such a bummer. I uh, was not planning to get arrested out of state today. What do you mean out of state? Where are you from? I'm not f- that I I'm care. From, God, I'm, from the, I'm from Appalachia. I hate it when people make me say that. Do you know how f- infrequently I try to say the word Appalachia? And here you are making me say it. <laughs> Isn't it Appalachia? That's exactly what someone who doesn't live in the Appalachia would say. I'm pretty sure I got like I think my I think my mom lives there. So Oh, your mom lives there? Yeah. I'm pretty Crazy. sure. Crazy. You think? Wow. I mean I looks like I someone think. doesn't keep close tabs with their family. Do you know stuff about me? That seems like a weird thing to say to a stranger. Well, you've been saying nothing but weird things, okay? And here you are saying you know your mom. Meanwhile, Martha's got me, you know, on a tight leash. She's going to be so pissed. Martha? What are you, Batman? What the heck? Whose name is Martha? I don't know. I didn't choose it for her. God, stop hey man, being... this, this situation reminds me a lot of, like, Clash of Clans. All right. God. This is my... Are you okay? No, it's just whatever. Just keep talking. I'm going to... Since apparently we're allowed to have our phones in the back of the squad car, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put my music on and tune you out, okay? First of all, no one tunes me out. I'm literally the most one interesting person you've ever Kevin met. Kevin drove me to the city, and we saw. Hey man, I'll kill you right now. I will kill you right now. Now, if you don't start listening to me, I'm gonna take out my boot knife and slice your throat back here in the car. So how yeah. about you? You know worship me or something and maybe this car ride will go by quickly well you can threaten me all you want but as our lord and savior gerard way always says teenagers scare the living shit out of me cox gun why we have a gun in the backseat of a squad car it's a good question and i didn't get searched for my boot anyway um craig do we do another scene nah i'm content i feel good about that (laughs) that was a nice warm-up checked all the marks you know Sure. Hey, we've that was sometimes the improv segment is a contractual obligation and we're kind of just breezing through it so we can get to the banter portion of the podcast. And I'm listen, I'm in the mood right now. I'm willing to tell you that was one of them. I had a few good jokes in there. I like the MCR ones, but like that's, that, you know, we're going to move on to the middle segment now. Yeah, it's whatever. It's whatever. Uh, okay. Moonlighting. This is when Alex and I take a long break from recording, you know, circumstantial or not. We've piled up things that we've watched that is too many to fit in a free balling segment. So we take this time to talk about a few of those things. Yep. 
Uh, do you want to start with your first thing? Sure. I watched uh, The Outfit. It's a movie that takes place entirely in a tailor shop. It's very... That, ooh. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this because we did not get that movie at my theater. And I saw the trailers for it, and it looked pretty interesting. It's currently on Prime, if you want to watch it. Okay. Um, it isn't good. Um, so the thing is, is it's hyper stylized, um, and has very, um, what's that word for phoned in? It's mediocre. It's got a mediocre script, bro. It feels like it's someone wrote it in a weekend. Um, okay. Basically what happened is there's a tailor, right? Who his business is currently being run by the mob. So as like protection, they're like, Hey, we're not gonna, don't have to worry about you paying your dues but we are going to run our business out of your shop. So people are going to come by, drop money in envelopes in this box back here. And you're, you don't have to add to it, but we're going to come and collect every day or every week um, from your shop because the cops aren't getting involved with you. It's, and then from there um, he's got an assistant who we find out has a relationship with one of the gangsters. And he's like, Dude, don't associate with these guys. The only reason I'm doing it is because I don't have to like pay protection money. And then obviously it's a one it's all takes place in this in this small tailor shop. So all the action happens there. Gangsters are involved. It's like a period piece. It is boring. It feels like theater with a couple extra things, like weapons. Nothing um, you have said has deterred me from watching this movie. Okay. Because here's the thing. That movie, it is from what I saw from the ta- from the trailer. It's it is Craig stylized. It's like, hey Craig, come watch this movie. Hey you, watch this movie. Um, so here's a couple of things I didn't like about it. Um, it has more than one plot twist written after the fact. If that makes sense. So it's one of those things that like a lot of really good plot twists. Once you've watched the movie already, you can go back and see clues the whole time. This movie doesn't have any clues. It just, at the end, they'd be like, here's what you didn't know. And you're like, well, that's not a plot twist. Like, I hate it when movies are like, plot twist, they were in on it the whole time. But I'm like, yeah, but there was no clues that they were in on it. Or like, plot twist, sure. um, they this person was dead the whole time. I'm like, yeah, but there was no clues. You can't just say it at the end and be like, oh, he knew about it the whole time. I'm like, how was I supposed to know that? Like, plot twist, the best plot twists are stuff you could have seen, but you didn't know you're supposed to look for it. This movie has more than one of those, and they throw in at the end and it's super that's like one of my biggest pet peeves because it's just lazy writing you can go back right once you've decided what the plot twist is retroactively putting clues bro um so that happens um the acting is subpar um it plays with like like tense scenes but there was obvious outs more than once so it'd be like one of those things that like in scary movies right except this isn't a scary movie i guess it would be a thriller period piece um but it's one of those things that, like, if this person would have just called the police, they would have been fine. If this person would have just told their parents, they would have been fine. If this person would have just left, they would have been fine. So there's a couple outs this guy could have had. I'm like, see that person right there? If you just told him what was going on, you'd be fine. You'd be straight up fine. But instead, you didn't do that, and now it's getting worse. So it was for me, it was a mixture of bad plot twists, bad script, um, and, I mean, the characters didn't seem real. I think if you still like the style, it's an easy watch, I think. Um, it's less than two hours. It's like an hour 45. 
so you can knock it out and it's free right now on prime but for me it's getting a solid five okay okay um i watched miss congeniality the first one or the second one the second there's a second one <laughs> yeah what no. you didn't know that no yeah this dude. is so th- this is my first time watching miss congeniality okay i've seen it so many times <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen this movie before. Yeah, okay. Um, What'd you think? I know that it's... The only thing that I know about this movie is that it's where the quote, like, April 26th, it's not too cold and you can wear a light jacket. Like, that's the only thing I knew about that movie. Okay. Um, Movie's pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not, you know, groundbreaking. I mean, I don't want to say it's not groundbreaking. It came out in 2000. Yeah. Sandra Bullock, William Shatner... Uh, Michael Caine, Benjamin Bratt, like it was, it was going hard in this movie. Uh, it's a like this. This you want to talk about an easy watch? This movie's an easy watch, yeah, right? Dude. And it's super. good. I've only watched that movie with my parents. You can and watch so, it with like, anybody. Yeah, exactly. And I think even the cheesy parts, even the parts that make this a quote on this movie came out in prime chick flick era, right? Yep. And all the movies that and all the things that make this a quote unquote chick flick has other things to balance it out. So if that's not your thing, like there's enough to go around to where you can vibe with this movie. I didn't necessarily find it funny. I think that the whole like Sandra Bullock is a hot person that's a slob that needs to be cleaned up like that trope is overused. But that's a 2022 problem, not a 2001 problem. And just like she, she's good in this movie. She's fun. Just everything about that movie is fun. Yeah. For um, sure. So like, it, I think it's like a, like a flat seven, you know, just like no deep thinking. You can, you can actively watch it or you could passively watch it. Mm-hmm. So as I just watched it, cause I'm like, I need an easy watch and I want to watch something I've never watched before. And that checked both of those boxes. So Miss Congeniality gets the stamp of approval. That's fire. That's fire. Um, I watched Last Seen Alive on Netflix. Um, Last Seen Alive is about Gerard Butler, whose name is Will, um, and his wife, Jamie Alexander, who is, uh, her name is Lisa. Um, They are dealing with something in their marriage. Um, They're just like, they don't get each other. She has some infidelity earlier in the relationship, but that was like a year and a half ago. And now they're just like in a rough spot. So like, we're going to take a break. We're going to drive to your parents' house. You're going to stay there for a little bit. And then maybe like a couple of weeks or a month, you can move back in. But like she wanted the break. It was kind of mutual, but he's like, hey, I don't want to do this. But if you feel like you have to, you can't. So they stopped to get gas about 15 minutes away from her parents' house. He's pumping gas. She goes inside and she gets abducted and he doesn't see. Um, he goes in the gas station and says like, hey, have you seen this woman? And she goes, yeah, she was literally just here and he goes well she's hasn't come back to the car she goes well she's probably in the bathroom goes checks the bathroom not there so he calls the cops and they're like well how long ago did she disappear and he goes literally just now I'm like well don't freak out she might just you know be in the bathroom he's like i already freaking checked then the cops get involved they find out that she was probably abducted um people aren't cooperating when looking for evidence um the problem was is her the her parents are aware of the fact that she cheated so they think something might have happened to her by him 
because he might still be angry about that. And they obviously like, well, she's going to be here on a break because they're going through something in the relationship. So a lot of the time there's like the cops, everyone's suspecting that it was him. Um, so he has to kind of go on a little taken journey of tracking down um, like what happened to his wife. The problem is the dude has zero military experience, like none. So there's a couple unbelievable like parts where I'm like, bro, you've never fought anyone in your entire life. Or maybe you fought, but you've never, you don't fire weapons. Like it's weird. Um, overall, like it's a, it's like an hour and 30 minutes, hour and 35. It all takes place in like two days or less. Um, small cast, only like the two people I named are the only people that are notable. Um, and I really like how he acts reasonably. The dude is, I mean, there's a couple like talent things like ability wise. He doesn't have those abilities, doesn't have those talents, but I'm like, this guy is not jumping to conclusions. He's making the decisions that a stressed husband would be making. Um, and it just, it's pretty legit. I like the story. It didn't change my life again. It's like taken. It's like every other movie where someone gets abducted and a guy who has skills or doesn't have skills has to track them down. It's like every other thing you've seen. Um, so I'm giving it like a six and a quarter, six and a half, but it's not bad and it's okay. short. So yeah, that's slack. always good. I watched Star Trek three, the search for Spock, nice. which is the sequel to Star Trek Two: the wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. And Hey, spoiler for a movie that came out in 1982. Uh, Spock dies at the end of wrath of Khan and his coffin gets, you know, launched onto a planet. That planet happen to have regenerative abilities and so and so this movie is like half spock coming back to life but at a young age and like rapidly aging and the planet's imminent destruction Mm -hmm. and also an antagonist that wants to take over said planet because of its regenerative capabilities uh you know it's classic star trek Klingon battle type stuff. This movie had the unfortunate problem of having to follow Wrath of Khan, which is a lot of people will say the best piece of Star Trek content ever made. And boy, it does not fill those shoes. Boy, (laughs) does it not fill those shoes. Like it's fine. It's fine. Um, It's crazy because it's Leonard Nimoy who plays Spock. It was his first movie that he directed he ended up directing uh, star trek 3 and then star trek 4 um and you can kind of tell it's the first time he's directed something there's a few things that don't quite slide into place there's a few like things that needed to be tweaked a little bit more but all in all fine fine job uh and that's the thing about this movie is all in all, it's fine. I wouldn't recommend it to someone who's never seen Star Trek. It is very, very much in the middle of this movie franchise. Like right. this is this is the Fast and Furious Four of Star Trek movies. All right. Um also the the lead antagonist, played by Christopher Lloyd. What the heck, dude? Right? And Christopher Lloyd has said, like, in interviews that his favorite role he's ever done was the Klingon in Star Trek 3. <laughs> and I'm like, good for you, I guess. He's never been... Because the thing about Klingons is they are a battle-hardened race. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're one of those, like, die with honor, die on the battlefield. I'd rather, you know, uh, die 
in glory than live a coward type characters. Sure. Christopher Lloyd is not that kind of actor. <laughs> no. And try as he might, and ooh, he tried real hard. I watched him try real hard for 90 minutes. He just wasn't quite there. Jeez. Not quite there. Uh, it's, so, like, this, this one is definitely not my favorite Star Trek movie. It's not most people's favorite Star Trek movie. It's like a six and a quarter, probably. Okay. That's not bad, though. Yeah. Um, I watched The Contractor with Chris Pine and Kiefer Sutherland. Um... This Be careful is, what you say here, because Chris Pine's my boy, and you know this. Yeah, it's like Jason Bourne. Um, so he plays like an army ranger who got injured, like blew out his knee on a mission. Um, so he started taking like steroids from it, and he didn't declare that to the army. So he gets back, and they test him for like steroids, HGH, testosterone, all that stuff, and he pops hard. So they're like, hey. You're going to lose your retirement, but you're getting kicked out of the military with an honorable discharge. Um, we're just going to medically release you. So no one has to know why you got kicked out. We're not going to say that you failed a drug test, but you can't stay in and you're losing retirement. So this guy was like planning on retiring um, and spending time with his family in his retirement. But now that plan's like gone out the window. So now he's going to become an independent contractor and be a trigger puller. For some company, right? Which is run by Kiefer Sutherland that his friend is recommending to him. Because the dude needs to pay the bills. Like, he's way behind, of course. Um, So he goes on a mission abroad. And the mission goes freaking sideways. Like, people are catching bullets left and right. It's obviously they knew about the mission or something. He ends up shooting cops. And he's like, what the heck am I doing? I'm in a foreign country killing police. Like, this is not how it's supposed to go down. Um, and then like, it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. It, it was just Jason Bourne. If you love action, if you just like people shooting at each other, um, and not having it be super plot heavy, then this is the freaking movie for you. Cause it's just like action, 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 action. And then this guy's like stressed out. He's like, why, why did they know we were here? Like, what the heck is going on? I need to get home to my family. Um, and then it's just like, not just nothing but bullets, dude. It was super nice to watch it was like also an hour 45 minutes i've been watching short movies it's very easy very jason bourne-esque i'm giving it like a six and a half i would watch it again but like sure yeah it's just like high octane high testosterone easy watch yeah that movie's been getting pretty mid reviews um but like you know if it's just that then you know it it, i might give it a shot because like i said i can always use a little bit more pine in my life yeah dude He, he was good he was good i played cyberpunk last year okay i did not care for it however on heavy recommendations from some of my friends i decided to watch the cyberpunk anime that they released a few weeks ago it's called cyberpunk edge runners 10 episodes each of them under 30 minutes i marathoned it in like two days and that show is infinitely more interesting than cyberpunk the game was (laughs) Because I played Cyberpunk the game for like 12 hours, I think. And I just never really got hooked. This TV show does one episode of character building, one episode of setting motivations, and then it goes right. And then it's like action from that point forward. Mm -hmm. And it's not always like action in terms of guns blazing, but in terms of like plot moving forward, like we are going from here on out. Um, So... The quick synopsis is 
Cyberpunk takes place in like a not so distant future, kind of like New York type city called Night City. And the thing about any cyberpunk universe you're in, cyberpunk is a genre, is there's always going to be corporate overlords. It's, it's very much an allegory for late stage capitalism. So there's, you know, heavy corporation input, lots of advertisements, lots of material influence. And because of that, you know, there's lots of criminals, there's lots of gang life, there's almost everybody's poor, there's mm-hmm. no middle class, stuff like that. So this movie centers around this dude named David. He's a senior in high school and his, you know, he lives with his single mom who's, you know, they're broke. They can barely afford the tuition for his school. And one day uh, they get in a car accident and because they didn't have the right kind of medical coverage, they were not rescued from the car crash. What? And... And you, there's this super disheartening scene of his mom dies in that first episode in that car crash. And you hear someone break down to him like we got, like when they did get out, she was transported to a hospital and they were like, yeah, you didn't have the right medical coverage. So we couldn't do the surgery that would save her life. Bro. We just didn't do it. And so immediately after that, you see her ashes get dispensed almost from a vending machine. With, like, a label on it that has her name. And so from this point on, you know, this kid's an orphan. He doesn't want to go to school because he goes with a bunch of the elite 1% snobs. Yeah. So he turns to what's called edge running, which is basically corporate espionage paid for by other corporations. And they're the kind of guys that get their gloves dirty. Right? Like something needs to get hacked. A guy needs to be taken out. Data needs to be stolen. Edge runners are the ones that do it. And so he falls into a crowd that helps him do this edge running. And he also, the kicker, the reason why he was accepted into his gang so quickly is because he was able to work a cybernetic enhancement that nobody else was able to work without going literally psychotic and having to have. (laughs) cybernetic SWAT called in, he was able to run it like, you know, like solitaire in his computer programming. Good grief. And so, and so that's the premise of the show. It's a really cool concept. It's done really well. The animation is beautiful. I loved almost all the characters. It's one of those, you don't know if they're going to live or die type shows. It holds no bars. Like it's, it's gruesome. It's bloody. It doesn't take any prisoners. Like, if you want like a 10 episode action anime, th- this is the one, right? The last few episodes get a little too plot heavy where they kind of get up their own rears in terms of complication. Mm-hmm. But all, for all intents and purposes, that show rocks. It's really good. You don't need to know anything about the cyberpunk universe. And it, it rests a little bit on anime tropes, but... If you're not an anime fan and you want to get into something that is cyberpunk, this is not a bad place to start. It gotcha. really it really is just an animated show that kicks absolute nuts. It's so good. I, it's probably like a 7.75. Jeez, bro. Um, switching gears a little bit from Jason Bourne and Action Shoot'em Ups, I watched The Addams Family 1 and 2, 2019 yeah. and 2021. With Never Oscar- mind, wrong ones. Dude, Oscar Isaac, Sharice Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz, 
Finn, Finn Wolfhard, Nick Kroll, Snoop Dogg, Bette Midler, Martin Short, Catherine O'Hara. It's freaking packed with celebrities, bro. So and- I did, I, I were, you know, I was at my movie theater when Adam's Family 2 came out. And yeah. part of the procedure is I have to go into each theater while the movie is playing to make sure that nobody's breaking the rules. Yeah. And I've seen that scene where Pugsley is on that either like on the dam or a bridge or whatever and he's like dancing in front of all those girls i've seen that scene niagara falls yeah i've seen that scene mm, 20 times it never got funny it was never funny so the first adam family slaps it's really funny it's really funny um i'm giving it like a seven and a half oh whoa dude first of all the star power is amazing the script is is awesome. I've never seen Adam's Family before, and this was legit, dude. It was great. It got me in the fall spirit. It was legit. Um, watched the second one the next day, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so kind the, of the vibes I got. Yeah. The first one is, hey, um, we're moving to a new town. We've moved into a haunted house, and our son has a coming of age ceremony, and Wednesday is going to go to school with normal kids. Um, and we're going to see how that plays out. So it's, it feels very world buildy. It feels like we're going to introduce you to the family. And it was awesome. The second movie is um, Wednesday is, you know, becoming a teenager. And she doesn't have a great relationship with her dad anymore. And she's really smart. And another guy's like, hey, I think you might be my kid. That might have been a, like a switch up. And her hospital. dad is also taking it incredibly personally. Right. Um and then he's like, in order to get our family back together, we're going to go on a, a road trip to all like the horrible places in the world. So go to Niagara Falls because people die there. They want to go to Death Valley for because people reasons. die there. Yeah. They want to go to the Alamo because people died there. It's super dark. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, it's not nearly as funny as the first movie. It feels weird. Um, it's got Bill Hader in it, which was sweet. But I'm like, if the first movie is a seven and a half, this movie's like. A five, five and a half. It feels like we like the top tier first movie. This feels like this is like movie number five. Like we just went and jumped the shark way before we should have. Yeah, that was the straight to VHS Disney sequel. Yeah, it felt weird. It shouldn't have happened. Um, I, I, I stand by. I agree. Sure. Yeah, that totally tracks. Yeah. Good um, kids movie, though, I guess. Good, kids can't tell. good, good. I watched a movie called Intergalactic. What? So it's, let me make sure I get the credits right. Because when I tell you this, you're going to say what again. Okay. Um, it was created by, it, yeah, it was created by st- and starring Kid Cudi. Weird, dude. And Weird. so it's animated in the style that's, it's very reminiscent of Into the Spider-Verse. They were very clearly okay. trying to imitate that art style. Um, except it's not it's done by a different studio. So you can tell that they were trying to, but didn't quite nail it. It got really close, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's a rom com is really what it is. So Kid Cuddy's character and Jessica Williams, they move in. He moves in next to her. And because they're neighbors, they start talking, they start flirting, you know, and the movie is them trying to figure out their relationship. This movie really has a nothing plot. 
It's just a rom-com. Okay. But it's really cute. I think it's a cute story. I thought their relationship was really nice. I thought they had good chemistry. I thought they looked cute together. I enjoyed the scenes that they were in together. Um, This movie does that third act trope that I hate in rom-coms where the relationship is put on the brink of death because of a simple miscommunication. And then the entire third act is trying to resolve that miscommunication. So if that is something is that if that is a barrier for you, I want to let you know it's there because it's a barrier for me. Second note, this isn't a, a, a plus or a minus. I've never seen people get high in a movie more than this movie. Like every scene has somebody lighting up to the point where I'm like, do you experience any of life sober? Right. Like it was a genuine thought that I had in my head. Um, it was, it, it's on Netflix. It was a really cute movie. I give it like a seven and a quarter. If you want a rom-com that, that that's one that I got for you this year is that one. Enter Galactic is what it's called. Sweet. Um, last one for me. I watched Hotel Transylvania. The 2012 one. So there's four of these movies out now. There's four. Yes. I watched the first one. I tried to watch the second, realized it's impossible to find. And I'm like, "Ah, I'm just going to give up on the series. Um, (laughs) It's also got star power. I didn't realize it was an Adam Sandler movie. What do you mean? It's impossible to find. It's on freebie. I didn't. I wasn't going to get freebie, bro. Actually, I did get freebie and you have to pay for it. It's whack, bro. It's whack. Okay, I'll take your word on it. I don't care. Yeah, I downloaded Freebie. I'm like, I'm going to freaking watch all these movies. It's the last thing I do. Um, That was a lie. I just gave up. Um, I didn't realize it was an Adam Sandler movie until I realized all of his friends were in it. And I'm like, oh, well, the voice I don't recognize (laughs) is probably Adam Sandler. So Adam Sandler's in it. Kevin James is in it. um, And David Spade's in it. And I'm like, that was a dead giveaway. Selena Gomez plays his daughter. She was great. uh, Andy Samberg plays her love interest. He was amazing. Steve Buscemi's in this movie. Um, CeeLo Green's in this movie. Um, it was good, dude. It was good. It was about a guy whose like, daughter is growing up and doesn't want her to go out and experience the human world because they're monsters. And then uh, Andy Samberg's character, Jonathan, comes in. He's a human who just found these monsters while backpacking. And he's like, thought it was really cool. And then his vampire, uh, the vampire daughter, played by Selena Gomez, uh, likes him. And it was legit, dude. It was dude, a, I love that. It was a pretty good story. Really, it was like jokes everywhere. It wasn't quite as good as Adam's Family, the first one, but it had good bones, dude. It was pretty good for a kids' movie. The expectations were low, and it exceeded it. I would recommend if you're in the fall spirit. I know it's past Halloween, but it's it's still a good watch. I can't vouch for the three movies afterwards. Um. But yeah, I would recommend it. It was like a six and Rock a half. Rock on. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that I'm going to talk about is the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 campaign. Nice. So, the campaign's pretty mid, okay? <laughs> now, I'm willing to accept 30% of mid responsibility. Because I made the mistake of playing it on veteran. Because I didn't want to play the campaign twice. I only wanted to play it once. So I did it on veteran so I could get that veteran achievement. Yo, two shots and you're dead. You get one great shot. And if you are not behind cover for that second one, start over, bad boy. Start over. And that was 
did not like that was rough. That was rough. Um, but I've been talking a lot about it with my friends who have also played it. And the other things I don't love about it is the writing is really hit or miss because they try to do some modern call of duty games are very much critiques on military imperialism. And this, this also does that, but I think it's uh, worse at it. Um, (laughs) because the whole game is like, we need to find the terrorist. We found the terrorist. Mm -hmm. We need to find the terrorists missiles. We thought we found the missiles. They weren't actually there. Find out where they really are. We found the missiles. We can't deactivate them. Deactivate them anyway. Plot twist. The military you've been working with is also part of the bad guys. Stop the bad guys and the terrorist. Cut. What What was that? That was bad. That plot yeah. is bad. <laughs> but I feel like Call of Duty is going really hard in the paint for trying to be as realistic as possible. Um, I know the last Modern Warfare, they caught a lot of flack um for like the there's a campaign called clean house yes which it's the at night you're going into a house it's all silenced people are getting shot through doors there's hostages taken and you're just like pretty much killing anybody with a gun now Um, not only do you do something like that in this one this one's even better because you're going through a neighborhood that has no affiliation with the person that you were trying to hunt down and mm -hmm. if anybody gets in your way the game encourages you to what de-escalate the situation. Alexander, do right. you know how you de-escalate the situation in a Call of Duty game? Yeah, you take you, the shot. <laughs> you point your gun at them. <laughs> so, whenever so like there was there was a part in that level where like two people are like walking out on the balcony being like, "Yo, what's up? Why are there people with guns in our neighborhood?" And you just whip your pistol at them. And they're like, "Whoa, sorry. Oh my god. Ah, I just wanted to see what was going on." Right. Um, the level designs were really cool. Um, and call of duty has always done this thing where they will introduce mechanics just for a single level and then never bring them back, which is fine because some levels require it, especially if it's an underwater level, if Mm -hmm. it's a stealth level, something like that. The only problem is every single level had a mechanic that was not returned to in a later level, save for like one mechanic. And Alex, there were 17 levels in this campaign. So it got I dig to a point, that though. I like lots of levels. Me too. But it got to a point where like I was learning new stuff and I'm like, well, I don't need to retain this information because I'm not going to use it again. Yeah. So overall, it's not my favorite Call of Duty. It's not my least favorite. Don't worry, Black Ops 3. No one's taking your crown of the worst Call of Duty game. Did you like the... Uh- Original mono, well, not the original, the previous Mono Warfare campaign. The 2019 one? Yeah, that, that one's definitely in my top five. Okay. I'm yeah. trying to think of like, what at what level is this campaign performing? It's When I say it's mid, I mean that. It is so okay. in the middle of Call of Duty campaigns for me. Okay. I think I'm still going to play it, but... Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. Like, this is not... Like, you could skip it if you were falling out of the franchise, but if you still care about the franchise, like, definitely give it a play. Like, form your own opinion. Definitely. Dope, man. And that concludes Moonlighting. All right. So, now for our one-hit wonder. This one is pretty simple. Alex, I'm sending you a link, Mm -hmm. and we are going to choose our favorite Pokemon from each type. That's all this is, is this website helps us categorize each Pokemon type 
And all we're going to do is choose our favorite Pokemon from each type. So this the way this website works, it's called cpokemon.com. And it literally just organizes each type and there's a drop down menu and it shows us every Pokemon in that type. So if you know what Pokemon you're, po you're going to pick, it's in there. But if you need to browse around a little bit, you also have that option. Um, I'm pretty sure I know. What's the guy? His name is kind of like Scissor. Scyther? Yeah. So Scyther is a bug flying type Pokemon. Golly. And then his evolution, Scizor, is a steel bug Pokemon. Dude, I've, I, me and uh, Nuzleaf got along great. Okay. My, uh, mine is Grovile. Grovile evolves into Sceptile, but Grovile is way superior, just in aesthetic. Um, let me see. I think I know exactly who you're talking about. That was my first um, Pokemon that I ever picked in any Pokemon game. I just want to make sure. I was leaning towards that same. Th oh, not as cool as I remember. I think I'm going to have to bail on that one. I was leaning towards him too, but that's just not. It's not doing it for Grovile me. or Sceptile? Uh, Grovile. I oh, thought Sceptile really? was cooler anyway, um, but it's just not doing it for me. Um, this is hard. I'm not a grass type guy. Like period. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a, it's okay if you're I think people just can pick, pick up. I'm I'm definitely a fire guy. Yeah. I guess I'll go. I need something like kind of dope. Um, is Rillaboom? Let me check to see if he's in here. If you click on it, it'll show you the image of it oh, on bro, the website. That's a sick mechanic. Yeah, I'm doing Rillaboom, bro. All right. Number eight twelve. That's freaking gangster. Yeah. Fire type. Uh. I'm going with Cyndaquil. I understand that, you know, Cyndaquil and, you know, Typhlosion aren't really great starters. A lot of people are like, Feraligator is really the only good starter from Johto. But, man, I don't know. Cyndaquil just hits kind of different. Um, Obviously, Charizard seems a little freaking cheap. Um, I was a big fan of uh, Arcanine growing up. Yeah. Um, I mean, who doesn't like them? Houndoom is freaking cool. I'm a big fan of dark types, but I'm going to go, I'm going Blaziken. And if I can get specific, I'm doing Blaziken Mega. Okay. Rock on. Cause that guy's freaking cool, bro. All right. Water type. This is where I go with my first Pokemon I ever chose. That is Squirtle. Squirtle's got that nostalgia factor and he, he's got that locked in pretty tight. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Sorry. All right. I'm going to just piggyback off of yours. I'm going Bla um, Blastoise. Blastoise. My Respect. Uh, I'm going to original Blastoise. So my friend, when we started Pokemon cards, he had, I had a Charizard, he had a Blastoise, and I was just jealous of him. Because Blastoise yeah. has freaking <laughs> cannons in his freaking shell, dude. He's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, normal Pokemon, this one's Eevee for me. I know, Eevee's cute. Lots of potential and evolutions. Uh, when I was a kid, I yeah. got an Eevee up to level 100 because I thought it would evolve into Umbreon and es or Espeon. Not in the game I was playing, so I just accidentally got a level 100 Eevee. Um, so this is hard for me because again, I I didn't use normals either very often. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do, and I don't stick behind this. I I, I don't care that much. Um, the bull, Taurus. What's yeah, his name? Taurus. Tor yeah, Taurus. Taurus. I'm gonna go with him. Taurus, number 128. That's what I'm going with. Respect. I respect it. Uh, electric. What are you type. feeling like for electric? Um, I am doing, I could, I'm choosing Electivire. Dude, you're freaking picking on my dudes. Okay. Here's one that I have that if, if you 
No, you can have him. I think I got okay. somebody better. But that, that was like top three. He's amazing. I'm actually choosing Electabuzz. I like the Electabuzz more than I like Electivire, but yeah. still. I, I'm expecting... Is freaking, it's pretty gangster. I'm expecting you to pick like Luxray or something. Uh, Well, you nailed it because I'm going Luxray. Sure. That guy was cool, bro. I Purely just aesthetics. He looks freaking cool. Yeah. Um, psych- Psychic Pokemon. All right. I'm leaning towards Alakazam. Okay. Loved him. Um, what is... So remember Ralph... Um, there's a Pokemon. So Ralph, he evolves and he has like a female evolution and a male evolution. I remember his male evolution being like the coolest Pokemon ever. Gallade, dude. Shout out Gallades everywhere. You need a special stone to level him up and he needs to be male, but I'm going Gallade all the way. Obviously, I mean, okay. So Alakazam was my, my first choice. But I remember how cool Gallade was, and I never had the stone to change him. Um, I've been ignoring legendaries this entire time. Um, obviously, you would pick Mewtwo for this, but that's just cheating. Um, that's broken and shouldn't be allowed. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Gallade for this one. Okay, so I think for my psychic Pokemon, they've added so many different forms and whatnot that it's kind of hard to choose which one's, huh, which one's still good and viable. I think I gotta mm-hmm. go. Worst comes to worst, I got it. Um, no. Nah. Oh, this is on here. I think I have to choose Celebi. I think I, I have to choose Celebi. Celebi I, rules. I changed my mind from Alakazam to Gallade from Routes because okay. you need to yeah. update it. You need to um give him a stone to get that male evolution. I never got the stone, but I wanted it so bad. So I'm going so Gallade. bad because it's such a cool evolution. Yeah, it's also a trade evolution, I think, and those are always mm. hard to do. Um, fighting types, Lucario, easy. God, Sorry, dude. I was I was going between Lucario and Blaziken. But you already did Blaziken and Fire, so no, not Blaziken, the ape, Infernape. Oh, okay. So it's between Infernape and Lucario. Because here's the thing, <sighs> Lucario, not very good in the game. He gets domed by like four different types. But yeah. man, does he stand cool? Yeah. I guess you can have him, and I'll stick with my Infernape, and that way I just okay. Get, I'm, a, I'm, a, dude, I'm a sucker for fighting fire Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, um, rock Pokemon, dude. This one's tough. Tyranitar, good one. Agron, good one. Dude, yeah, Agron is he's mine. I'm picking Agron. Uh, that's okay. I'm choosing Rampardos, which is one of the fossil Pokemon from the Sinnoh region. Big mm. fan. Again, Rampardos gets smoke checked in a real battle. Love how he looks though. Dude, I know how long the uh, Agron evolution takes for every level. Yeah. It takes forever. Um, so I never got to one. I'm like, I can't I can't invest all these levels on this guy. Um, so, I mean, it, it is what it is. But I've always wanted one. My ground type Pokemon is Donphan. Okay, mine's Garchomp anyway. Love it. Garchomp is freaking, it's, it's cheating, dude. It's, it's cheating. He's a dragon ground. It was yeah. so cool. Flying type Pokemon. This is where you start seeing a bunch of like bug flying, uh, normal flying stuff like that. So you also, have a lot flying to notoriously weak. Yeah. Very viable, but you needed that second type to like really ground you. Yeah. You needed, I mean, oh yeah, I'm going with Scyther. I wanted him earlier. I'm getting him now. Okay. I'm choosing Staraptor, which was the Sinnoh, starter flying type Mm -hmm. 
I mean, maybe you, I should pick. You, like, I should maybe I should use Scyther for my bug Pokemon and get a different one. I think you one. should too. Yeah. So let me change my flying one then. Um, I mean, I could, Charizard counts, bro. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm I'm use Charizard then. I mean, I'm gonna cheat yeah. and use Charizard and then um, I'm use Scyther for my bug. Okay, my bug is Fortress. Fortress is bug in steel type, which means if you use Ember on him, he's dead. But I know that it's cool. Poison? I didn't use poison very much. I think I just had poison moves for my bugs. Yeah. Um. I and I thought I, none of them really fit my aesthetic anyway. I remember like wheezing being one of those. Yeah. And like muck. I'm choosing Roserade. Roserade is so good. Love Roserade. Um. I'm gonna go. I mean, I hated most of these. I'll do uh, Toxicroak. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good I'll one. Go, I'll go Toxicroak. That dark type. I'm gonna let. I I know which one you want, so I'm gonna let you take him. No, I'll let you go. Oh, by the way, I've been avoiding uh, all legendaries. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Because it does feel like a bit of a cop out. Yeah. Who did you think? Who do you think I want? I think you want Absol. God, dude. <laughs> Okay, so I was between Absol and Houndoom. <laughs> they got they got similar vibes. Absol, I I've tried using Absol on a team every now and then, but I haven't been a big fan. So by all means, go, go Absol. Yeah. Um, Houndoom Mega looks sweet. Regular Houndoom is not that good. Absol is first of all very hard to catch. Yeah, very hard to catch. Um, also, it's a you know it's a flex when there's no um evolution. You're just stuck yeah. with them. And I'm like, that's that's freaking cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of right. breaking. I'm, I'm choosing a pseudo legendary. Uh, I'm choosing Darkrai. Okay. I'm not familiar. Uh, he was a pseudo legendary that was in Gen 4 mm-hmm. alongside like Giratina and uh, Shaman and stuff like that. Ghost. Ghost, ghost, ghost. Um, What does Ghastly evolve into? Gengar is what you're looking for. I think I might like him more as Ghastly. Okay, he also has Haunter in the middle. That's, yeah, Haunter. Okay. I'm definitely, I'll go Haunter for this one. Okay, I'm choosing Miss Magius, which is a, an evolution of of Mistrevis. What mm-hmm. I'm learning, Gen 4 kind of had a chokehold on me. It, dude, it sounds like it. Ice type, and man, this is not going to help my case, because for ice types, I am going to choose Glaceon. <laughs> Um, I never use them again. I use ice Pokemon. type. No, ice types are definitely like the weakest. It's it's rough. I don't know what they're effective against. Um, I had a couple Weevils. Um, I'm scrolling through these, dude. I don't even know most of these. Um, Frostlass is pretty good. Obama Snow is pretty good. I think oh. you would like Obama Snow. Um, let me look at Obama. Oh, dude, that's freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. I've never seen this. Mm. I have I clicked on the mega version. The regular one's okay. I I'm familiar with Snover. Yeah. Um. What does Glaceon look like? I haven't picked any EV evolutions. Lame. Lame. <laughs> um. You know, I think I'm gonna stick with my Weevil, bro. Go for it, man. Why not? It's the weakest one I've picked so far, but why not? All right, final three. Steel type. If you wanted Scizor, now's your time to do it. Um. No, I use him for Bug. Didn't you use oh, that was Scyther. Scyther for Bug? I yeah, you could evolve him. I mean, I feel like there's better steel ones, though. Like, um, I mean, Dialga. What a sure. flex. Um, yeah. I mean, if I'm allowed one, I'm going Dialga. 
Go for it. That Absolutely. guy was diamond. Um, was an amazing game, and Dialga is freaking amazing. I loved it. Yeah, I'm choosing Metagross. A little yeah. basic for Steel types, but it works. What works works. Oh, I was thinking of um that long. It's it's uh um Stot Onyx. Of, oh, Steelix. Um, Steelix. Okay. Um, no, uh, Dialga is way better. <laughs> sure. Way Dra- better. Uh, Dragon. I mean, I just used Dialga, and I already have Charizard. Yeah, oh, this is where I'm doing Salamence. Salamence, sure. Salamence was cool, and I already have Garchomp. Dude, I'm I I got something going for me. Yeah, I think this is where I'm choosing Garchomp. I think this is where I choose Garchomp. And this is the one that you're going to have the most difficulty with. This is fairy type. A lot of Pokemon from earlier generation got reclassified into fairy types. But not any of the good ones. Ninetales. um, I'm choosing Gardevoir. Jeez, bro. I mean, I kind of know who some of these are. Let me do a quick Google of best fairies and just pick the one that looks the coolest. Okay, well, make sure you put best fairy Pokemon because <laughs> um, you might get some things you aren't looking for. All right, best fairy Pokemon. And I'm just, I'm literally just going to pick the one that's the coolest. Togepi, really? Okay, but Togetic. Togetic's God of War, good. I already picked it. I mean, these suck. I'm going to go with um, Tapu Fini. Are you familiar? No. Well, let's look them up. Oh, it's it's a I think it's a pseudo legendary from Sun and Moon. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I'm if it's not that, it's Mr. Mime, bro. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, uh, dude. I stand I by that. my list. I, I stand like by mine guys. too. These I, are some good freaking Pokémon. I would take these guys. I mean, I have a serious weakness cuz most of my guys are fighting. Yeah. Um and dragon and but fire. those are the coolest ones so <laughs> pick the coolest ones that's yeah. sweet dude all right well that was us choosing our pokemon next week in our micro theme month we are continuing with two movies we are going to be watching some parody movies some movies that very clearly were making fun of a different movie we are watching austin powers international man of mystery which is a parody of the james bond franchise and we are also watching Spaceballs, which is a parody of star wars and I'm very excited because both of these movies seem right up my alley. Yeah. Also, great. Re- like, these are known for being good movies. Unlike the movies we just watched, which canceled a franchise, these were based off a good franchise, and the parody is known to be good. So, I'm excited to see how it goes. I haven't watched either one of these before. I've watched the first 20 minutes of Spaceballs, and I have never seen any Austin Powers. But that's next week. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. While you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces.